0: Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome back to The Bricks in the Wall. Uh, We've been having a little weird hiatus, brothers. Again, a bunch of people have been turning up sick, and uh, we had a couple of miscommunications with the guests. But here we are, ready to break those barriers and see what's behind that wall that's keeping us from the truth. I want to share a really quick story with y'all about today that happened to me. Uh, Just to shine light at what's going on in the world, and to shine light and to share with y'all this quote that I found by Carl Sagan this week, which was very interesting because what happened to me I felt was synchronistic to kind of maybe share with y'all this quote. And so first I'll tell you this quick story. So I I hate McDonald's, right? We all hate McDonald's. They're not good for us. But I'm a little bitch and I'm addicted to their Frappuccinos. And um, I went to go get one today, but I have the app to... um, to to order shit, right, and so I order something and when I get there the app's tripping, it's fucking up, the order's not going through, it's frustrating, so I have to go and talk to the cashier, the person there, and they're, they're telling me that maybe disconnect the Wi-Fi, connect back again, maybe something's wrong with the signal, it's not working, right, so I pull up, you can get the QR code from the app which they can scan to give you a discount, so I wanted to do that, right, and it wasn't working. And so finally, I tell her, can you just order me a Frappuccino? I ordered it like I went to the store, like a normal person. And then she says, oh, the Frappuccino machine ain't working. I'm like, oh my God, thank you, whatever. All right, I left, I walked away. And it upset me because it's like, okay, we have all this technology, we have the apps, we have Wi-Fi, we have all this awesome shit to make things supposedly go by faster, right? But it doesn't work when you need it. When everybody's in an emergency, I don't know if y'all remember when 9-11 happened, the people in New York couldn't make calls because everybody was using the system at the same time. So it's like we have these awesome, amazing systems which work, but when everybody needs it and a time of emergency, it doesn't work. And so it reminded me of this quote as I was walking away from that McDonald's <clears throat> of Carl Sagan that I read this week, and I'll share it with you all. It goes like this, and I'm going to share it with the speaker too. He's here. He's just waiting. I'm just rambling, but here it goes. It's really quick. It goes, Carl Sagan said this. We've arranged a global civilization in which most crucial elements profoundly depend on science and technology. We have also arranged things so that almost no one understands science and technology. This is a prescription for disaster. We might get away with it for a while, but sooner or later, this combustible mixture of ignorance and power is going to blow up in our faces. And when I was walking away and I was rethinking about that quote, I was like, holy shit, this is what Carl's saying, talking about About a McDonald's app not working when you need it. Now imagine talking about this global system that the government wants to implement, where they have cryptocurrency, where they manage everything that's happening through technology, and then all of a sudden it fucks up, what's going to happen then when the whole world, or a whole economy, which is actually happening now, it's all dependent on these systems, which not one person singularly understands, and it's like, man, he's right. This is a mixture for disaster. What's gonna happen when shit fucking really hits the fan? People are gonna freak out, and um, it's slowly happening. But uh, sad to start on a on a little sad note. But um, I'm gonna bring to y'all a guest today that I've been meaning to talk to for some time now. Uh, we arranged this back, I think, last year. Uh, but I have uh, people, you know, I have a backlog of people that I'm trying to get on. And uh, we finally made it happen today. Well, it was supposed to happen on Wednesday, but we had miscommunications and now we're here. And right before we started, my neighbor decided it was the best time to start cutting the grass. So he's still cutting the grass. I hope you don't hear, it. I hope it's not annoying. But uh, I wanted to introduce to y'all some amazing guy. He's known on Instagram as Conscious Humanity, which the title alone kind of made me want to dig deeper because he was following me, he was stalking me on, on Instagram, liking all my shit, sharing my stuff, and I was like, hell yeah, this is what we need. People actively spreading the message, not just liking a video, because you have to do something to make this message grow. And so I have him on here. Uh, We spoke a little bit right before the show. Uh, He said he's from Ukraine originally. He moved to Canada right now. So this is perfect. I want to get his insight into Ukraine and everything that's happening. Maybe we can get a different perspective from somebody who's actually from that culture. But without any further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show your comrade and mine, Mr. Val. How you doing, Val?
1: Hey, how you doing, my friend? Good, doing good. First of all, I want to thank you so much. You know for, you know, letting me come in onto your podcast. You know, I remember when I first followed you. Yeah, um, you mentioned about the podcast. You know, and then you know, as time went by, you know, you did reach out to me. So it is a privilege. You know that we get this thing um, happening, right? Yes. And I'm doing good, man. Today I'm in a positive spirit, which I always try to be, you know, wake up. But, I, you know, that attitude of gratitude, man, just can't be in a negativity, even though sometimes I feel like this world is negative. Mm. But I got to stay positive and keeping my head up. And overall, man, just glad to be on. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I love that, brother, that positive perspective of gratitude. Likewise, I wake up every day, you know, thank you, God, that I'm alive, that I have a head, that I have a home. My kids are safe. I have food in the fridge. But then, like, I go to to McDonald's to order a frap, and everything fucks it up, and it derails me. And it's like, as I was walking away remembering that quote, I started laughing, like, how silly that my ego gets all cut up and frustrated because I can't have what I want at the moment. And it's like, you have to be able to sink back into that rhythm of, it's okay, man, I'm alive, I'm fine, I'm here, I'm breathing. I, I don't need this sugary stuff that's actually cancer. And I love that perspective, brother. Was there anything in your life that... Were you were you a dark person before and was there something that happened that made you shift toward this mindset of trying to see things through a positive light?
1: Absolutely, yeah, that's a really good question, you know, how you said it, um, were you a dark person back in the past, you know, if you look at my past, yeah, man, um, when I first came and arrived to Canada, you know, things were really hard for us because all, all we got is just my mom, my dad, and I had a twin brother and all we had is just each other, right, mm-hmm. not a lot of money and all that, but... As years went by, man, I started hanging out the best fit of people, you know, they led me to a lot of dark places, whether it's with um, addictions, um, alcoholism, you know, to the point that I felt like I was self-destructing. But keep in mind, while I was, you know, kind of indulging in a, in a dark lifestyle, you know, I we actually got presented that information about, you know, the hidden things that are actually happening. You know, there's world one, the masses, and there's a world two, you know, the cult they're basically operating from the hidden scenes. So while I was in my dark things, as much as I try to share the information, I thought well, it was just not equipped, you know, in terms of my mind, my mind was so distorted. It was so broken. And I just could not deliver the message. Right. You know, I had to load open up an account like Instagram or on Facebook and start, you know, posting things like that. Right.
0: Well, but, and um, sorry not- for interrupt, uh, Val. What What was the message you were trying to convey?
1: Well, the message is is that honestly we are being deceived, you know, on a, such a big scale that um, it's mind blowing.
0: Mm.
1: You know, the deception's going on to the point that, like I said, like there's two two worlds. You know, the world is that the the, the sleep masses, which I was a part of, and then there's world too, right? That hidden um, called whatever you want to name it or the names for them, that operate from behind the scenes to create their reality. Mm. You know what I mean. Yes. So the message is to spread a higher awareness about what's really happening in our world and who really operates it. You know, because the people that we see on TV examples like Justin Trudeau, uh, Vladimir Putin, new Ukrainian presidents, uh, Vladimir Zelensky, you know, those are just from men They are yeah. not leaders. that don't have the power. They're basically pushing the agenda uh, and towards the the new world order. Right. Right.
0: I love it, brother. That's true. And people forget, I don't think even people, many people know that Zelensky is actually a comedian, right? He's an actor. Mm,
1: Absolutely.
0: Tell me me about that, brother.
1: Yeah, so basically Zelensky goes way back, you know, and, you know, it's all connected, too. You know, all these guys are connected, whether it's Vladimir Putin was connected to a world economic forum. And uh, Zelensky alone, too, was a a comedian on stage. And I forgot what show was it, but it's some Ukrainian name. And he did some ridiculous things, man, you know, even the videos, you can actually Google them, right? Like, there's one video that he's dressed like like a woman and you're playing a keyboard, a piano keyboard with his fucking penis, bro.
0: Right. <laughs> you know exactly. I, mean? I know. But, exactly. it's
1: just the, but it's just things like that makes you think, man, this guy is actually a president of Ukraine. And people think that he's actually going to make some changes and help the people and make, you know, better living for Ukrainians, you know. So for me, definitely, these guys, I don't know, they're puppets. Right. Puppets on a string that are being used, you know, in order for it, whether they're doing it willingly or unknowingly, but some of them do know that, you know, that they are working for the, for the cult.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, brother. And I think also, I'm not entirely sure because I don't watch Ukrainian TV or anything, but if, I'm, if mm-hmm. I am read correctly, he was, he was a comedian on a show in which, in the show, he became the president, right? Yes. Absolutely. That's fucking wild. And this, that just goes to show people, like, that's just a little hint of truth in media that they'll show you and tell you, look, this guy's an actor, but he's going to hit the main stage. And it happens with everything, especially the train derailment that happened a couple months ago in Ohio. They show mm-hmm. it in movies. Everything that happens is kind of shown to you in movies as a way to deter karma, negative karma coming back at them and affecting them. So essentially, it's called predictive programming. They'll put something on a TV or they'll show you something to deter negative karma. For example, if I wanted to poison somebody and if I gave them a poisoned apple and I didn't tell them and they ate it and they died, I have negative karma that's supposed to come back to me. But if I put a sign and I sell apples and I say, these are poisoned apples and I sell it to you and you buy it and you eat it, there's no karma coming back to me because you should have known. You should have not been ignorant to not see what I, I'm telling you in your face, that this apple is poisoning, and then I'm offering it to you, and you unwillingly or ignorantly just take it, then it's on you, brother. And that's the kind of thing that they pull at a massive scale. They do it through movies, through music. They'll tell you what they're going to do, and we, by being ignorant and dumb people, we kind of just set the stage up for those things to happen. And it's like, man, that's how it's been going on for all humanity.
1: But I, I love how you use that example, you know, and again, a great example that you bring in with the analogy with that, you know, an apple and then you give a sign It's basically at the end of the day, you know, it's a choice that people would have to make. And I like how you said about that in some way, shape or form, but they do this predictive programming, you name it from Simpsons show to movies to, you know, things they do on stage like a Super Bowl. Um, At the end of the day, a lot of people don't want to hear when I tell them. Yeah, this uh, elite believe that this uh, liberates them from karmic laws because they do tell us, kind of tell us in our face. But we are of the ignorance. We can't really understand what they're actually doing. So we accept it. So in some way, it does kind of liberate them from these karmic laws. And the elite strongly believe that, you know, that the karma will not affect them if the masses will accept the predictive programming and subconscious, whether we realize it or not
0: right right and this is what yeah. i feel the, the bible is talking about there's a verse that says for we wrestle not against um people Flesh and blood. yeah yeah we we fight against principality and concepts and these yes like, natural, the wickedness
1: in high places
0: yes these natural laws that are kind of like in the, the spiritual world type of thing and people are so blind to it and so I blind. yeah i like to remind people that quote the greatest trick the devil ever ever pulled was to make people believe that he doesn't exist. To make the world seem as if it's just this is the only thing that's happening. in This material world, every the only most important thing. And there's don't look into the spiritual. Don't look over there. Nothing's there. It's just nonsense. It's just uh, fairy tales. They call the Bible fairy tales. But um, I want to go back to what you were saying about your dark time, brother. How, what did you start doing to pull yourself out of this dark, dark, seemingly dark time that you were in?
1: Yeah. So basically, you know, and I'll be open with you, you know, so basically um, I started my recovery and that's meaning leaping into sobriety um, around like 2013, you know, around that time. And I mean, like everything had to go, man, you know, did I get help in terms of like, yeah, you know, there are some psychiatrists who visiting me. I remember I had to go to treatment, um, you know, I had to kind of, uh, get involved in some meetings that I had to go for. Right Whether it's AA and ACA, like Cocaine Anonymous and all that. Okay. But um, from that, from that dark place, yeah, like around 2013, you know, I started kind of like thinking, like, man, is this like really worth living? Because I got, I got, I got to the point that man, I felt like uh, not only that I was attacked, I felt spiritually, whether they call them shadow people or sleep paralysis, you cannot wake up, feel like there's like a demon on you. But things got really, really weird to the point that I felt like, man, like this is this is bigger than what's happening with me, you know, just like physical deterioration is one thing. But mentally and spiritually, I felt like that this just attack on me. And at the same time I kind of know the information, what's happening with the world. Because I remember when nine eleven hit, that was the kind of rap like even I was still in grade nine. But me and my brother we talked like man, like I don't think this is exactly what's happening. And then my brother introduced me to Jordan Maxwell. Uh You know, and I started digging into Jordan Maxwell and so on. But pulling me, pulling me out of those dark, dark times and dark ages, basically just, you know, I had enough, and I asked God for help. Yeah. And then I found, like, a Bible study. I started going to a pastor that really was in and known about how what's really happening, you know. And i just a pastor that preaches the gospel, but he tells me, really, that that revelation is true, man. And even the scripture that you just repeated, right? For we not wrestle against flesh and blood, right, but a wickedness in high places. You know, he kind of really, you know, I guess, took me under his wing, and told me like you know we here in a real spiritual war world and yeah, yeah that kind of hit me i'm like man am i going to just drink my life away or i'm going to change for the better and okay. to change i had to change myself first man you know meaning like discipline in terms of sleep exercise eating good reading and that took a lot of hard work well yeah
0: wow man that's amazing so essentially god's the one that pulled you out of this I,
1: absolutely i had this profound uh, i'm not saying like God came to me and started talking to me or well, I've seen something crazy. But like I found that there's a shift in my psyche. Yeah. So instead of like I remember always being angry, resentful, like hateful, you know, I started, man, it can't be like this, man. You know, so started practicing like love, you know, tolerance, gratitude, compassion, humility. And the more I did that, I sticked around with the people who went to Bible, I went to church, and started just I'm hanging with the people that actually wanted to best for me, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. amazing, brother.
0: Because I, that's another thing that I'm really fascinated by. The person who's going through a big struggle, especially like drugs or some type of dependency on chemicals, mm-hmm. they get to a point where it's like the rock bottom. I'm sure you heard of that. The rock, You get yes. to a place where it's like, man, I cannot, I don't want to do this anymore. I, can, I need help. And it's like people themselves, some can, some people are powerful enough to do, pull it off themselves, but it seems more and more I hear the best stories are testimonies from people who have to actually turn to God, and they're like, I can't do it alone. I need something external to help me, something stronger, bigger than I am, and, and this is when they find God, and this is the whole story of Job, the prodigal son, you know, he left to the world to have fun, to do everything he wanted, to spend his money, to live in the flesh. But after that, he spent, and he wasted everything. He hit rock bottom. He's like, wait, this is not where I belong. I need to go back home with my father, with my family, you know, do good, positivity, uh, unitedness, collectiveness, instead of, you, you know, sense of individuality, which is important, but to to stretch it out to the point where the ego is the most important thing, and you just want to feel good. So you do certain drugs, you drink certain things to feel powerful, but then you come back down, and it's you have to be able to, be at some type of homeostasis where you're, even at the worst of times, you can appreciate that you're alive. Even if you're going through a familiar death, a, a breakup, whatever it is, you have some sort of grounding, which is best. W- w- what I like to hear is from people who found God and use that as their source of foundation.
1: Absolutely. And I, and I did say like, yeah, I was searching for God, but the, the beautiful thing is too, as much as, you know, um, I did... Can say uh, today, I could say, Yeah, man, God did, you know, in a thing, if anything, found me as much as I was looking for Him. But now it's a beautiful thing to have a relationship, right, with my Maker, with my Creator, Mm -hmm. and to actually, like, really, really feel like I am connected, even when I feel alone, especially with all these people calling you, oh man, you're a conspiracy. Not, I don't know how, how it's there on your end, but. A lot of people here, right, they don't want to hear about, like, let's say, oh, yeah, the jobs is bad for you, don't you know? Like, you know, all these things, but, like, right away you get labeled as conspiracy theorist, <laughs> crazy or not. But, you know, one thing I know is that I got God on my side, you know? And it's a beautiful thing no matter what happens, you know, whether I feel isolated, sometimes lonely, you know, sometimes a bit even, like, I don't know, excluded from society. But I do feel that the God is there, man. It will never leave me. It will mm-hmm. always be present. and will always help me.
0: Yeah, I Shayana. love that. Brother. I, that's amazing. Yeah. And like when I hear those stories it brings a tear to my eye because there's so many lonely, sad people out there in that. And it, it it's sad because people get to a point where they they mock God and re- ridicule him and be mm. like, oh, he doesn't exist." Fuck him all that. And it's like, "Man, that's how fucking powerful, you know, this negativity that takes over people is that it gets you to the point to actually laugh at truth and mock reality and to turn your back on what is true and real and powerful. Tell me, because I'm sure it was not easy. Did you have any type of, um, when, when you fell off the wagon and you went back into it and you had to like step back or was it like once you found God, it was easy?
1: Well, that's the thing. It wasn't really easy, man. You know, there was a lot of struggles, I could say, obstacles, challenges to overcome. You know but i like that again when you saw about that quote right the, uh, the greatest trick um, that the devil ever pulled is convinced you know people he doesn't exist right and that's the thing too with me um i always felt like i always can do it on my own you know self-will and you know the more i tried to do it on my own man the more i felt i'm failing and you mentioned again the rock bottom you know, I guess I would have to kinda hit that rock bottom in order for me kinda wake up to that, you know, a bit of aha moment, like that spiritual awakening calling. Like, you know, oh and then to realize that, you know, the whole thing is is true, man. You know, this is no like conspiracy theory, how people say, Oh, New World is still a theory, how they wanna still microchip us or like, you know, like they basically wanna create yeah. the new world order. This is a reality. So for me, coming out of that was a bit hard, man, because again, at the same time, I felt like, man, it's like, why me at first? Because I do feel like, you know, we are blessed for those who are awake with this um, um, insight.
0: Right.
1: You know, because there's so many people, if anything, the majority just don't don't know any better, man. They still watch TV, they still watch the sports, and it's school, I was into that, and I still watch. But, you know, I guess that higher calling came about when... You know through my struggle man and i remember finding god wasn't easy i remember i always kind of struggled people even that wanted to help me like my pastor take me through those bible studies There's a lot of things that i said man I felt like giving up you know but the more i felt like man if i go back to the old way and that's the devil's way right right, and right. again like it's going to lead me to even more misery and i felt like that's what 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 uh that negative negative forces wanted they wanted me to kind of shift away and say listen Val, it's okay you already healed why don't you go back to the lifestyle again mm. and start drinking and drugging? So there was this battle to you to kind of like, you know, man, is it this path or is it should I go to with God? You know, but the more I kept coming back to the people that loved me, you know, like my family understood me, you know, people even uh, that um, didn't understand much of these conspiracies, they knew where I was coming from. So they always kind of gave me a place to go, right? Every time I fell down, every time I felt like an urge that I was craving to do. Mm. You know alcohol or, or a drug wow. but um it was not easy it was not easy finding god but at first when i found myself you know you know i actually found god you know the high realization that you know I, I am a special being and i'm here for a purpose
0: i love it i love it brother um when you were saying that about doing drugs and I, i'm always reminded about this idea that people say doing hard drugs well, to do drugs and to do alcohol is really not that hard. You just do them. The hard work is going to sleep early, waking up early, exercising, eating properly. That's the hard work. That's where you actually have to like really do the hard work to to be proper and not just fuck off and be lazy and stay up late and put all this bad shit into your body, you know. And I, I love it because, I, I, like I said uh, a couple podcasts ago, I had a, a guest who's kind of like he helps people fix their life. He's like a life coach. And um, I have somebody really close to me who's going through that issue right now. They're they're still kind of stuck on drugs. They'll hit rock bottom. They'll get healed, but then they'll fall back. And it's like I'm always wondering what is it about people that they can't maintain? It's like they they seem to fall off every once in a while. And I don't know if it's something genetic. I'm sure genetics plays a role into that. But I think the bigger thing is the mind because I think the mind is the one that over, can overcome anything. And just to give a brief example, I um, Maybe about, I really started working out hard and diligently about maybe five years ago. But before that, uh, when I was a young kid, I used to play soccer. I ran. I was in good shape. But I guess from age 18 to like 30, I was just working. I I didn't do sports. I didn't really work out. And I got lazy. And then I started going to the gym again because my wife, she's the one who wanted, I mean, she's the one who wanted to go and just be healthy. And I started copying her and I went back and I like it. Now I'm back into it. But I remember when I first went in and I would try to go in the sauna, I would last five minutes and then I would be like, oh, fuck this, I'm getting out, this is bullshit, I don't need to be in here. But then the more I did it and the more I started realizing that un- being uncomfortable is where the growth happens, I started realizing that the pain that you get from exercising, that's actually good for you. It's its telling you quit, stop, you you don't need to do this, its that's enough weight. But that's the mind trying to tell you that's enough. But you have to have the mentality and the will to tell the the body, no, you're going to do what the mind wants. And so now I can last about 30 minutes in the sauna and I can I'll be in there and I'll I'll be almost passing out. And I'll be like, okay, I think this is good. But it's that thing where you have to learn and the mind's going to tell you sometimes just quit, just quit. It's easy. I mean, you already did the work. I mean, it's the mind. It's like, I don't know, there's this part of the body that just wants to be comfortable and doesn't want to work hard. It just wants to kind of fuck off. But one has to learn how to tell that part of the mind to shut up. You're going to do what I want. And this is the thing that I'm trying to figure out. How do you transduce that mental mentality into the people who are doing drugs? But it's hard because they're addicted. The substances, genetics, their predisposition to what they're doing, the negativity, the negativity in their life. It's so hard. And I like how you said you surrounded yourself with the people trying to do good. You went to Bible studies. You put yourself in that space of positivity. And so many people want to stop doing drugs, but they'll still hang up with the people that buy them. They'll still go around the people who have them. And it's like you have to be able to, to like, really grab your balls and say, no, this is what I'm going to do and do it. Um, what, are, what were some of the things that best helped you? You said you went to church. You started reading the Bible. What, what are some of the things that really helped you stay on your path?
1: Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, and I like how you brought up um, growth happens from the uncomfortable situations. Oh, I love that. You know, it's true though, you know, sometimes as much as pain I was in, discomfort, you know, just aggravation. I felt like, man, it's just, you know, that lifestyle that I was in, I was so heavy into that darkness, right? That's all I knew kind of, right? Mm-hmm. And I too work, I too, like, you know, try to maybe squeeze a gym workout there and there. But at the end of the day, man, I just, you know, got swallowed by my addictions. But uh, one thing that definitely started helping, you know, in terms of, you know, working, if you can say on oh, my own um, spiritual fitness, Uh, would be like praying and I mean like not just saying like blah 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 give me this or I'll pray when I'm you know really scared or let's say I got into you know a bad situation God I need you now please help me but no man I started truly kind of digging in and learning prayer and for me how did I start learning prayer I started attending those bible studies you know that pastor really did um he cared about me man he really did love me he seemed like man, like just hopelessness in me and he said listen there is like you know you can find it right here man You know, if you surrender, you know, and I'm glad that I, and I'm glad that I, sorry for interrupting, go on.
0: No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. So, so basically, you know, he says you have to surrender, man, you know, you have to surrender in order for you to actually, you know, be uh, reborn again.
2: Yeah.
1: And I'm glad that I did, man, you know, and it took a lot of things though, but, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, what things that I do uh, to kind of like pull myself out of that. Well, definitely from praying you know praying is something that i do daily now and it could be just a small prayer like in the morning i'll say god uh please let love guide me not fear wow. you know and i'll say it genuinely though right from my heart and i feel like my day will go up better Right. or just say lord's prayer right at, at, at the end of the night na- at the end of the night right our father who are in heaven you know and so on uh and but the more i prayed you know, the more I prayed, the more I felt better, right? I felt I am actually tapping into that um, inner resource, mm. you know, to, to my higher power. And uh, another thing that started helping while I started doing, that, uh, while I was reading the Bible, the scriptures and all that, trying to understand them, live by them, right? Um, I started reading my own books, you know, and started dwelling into more of these conspiracy rabbit hole. Where does this take me? You know, so example books like by William Cooper, Beware of the Pale Horse. Um, there's a lot of books that I read by David Icke, uh, um, books by Michael Tessarian. But I remember the more I read, I felt like I was more disconnected too from, from the people that try to still pull me back to that lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I love that. And then I started working on my meditations. Just literally, sometimes I'd be just laying on my bed, I close my eyes, and I just focus on my breathing, focus on my mind, like I, like you said, the mind, man. If the mind ain't ready, then so much work can be done. So start of focusing on a mind, right? And with that, I mean discipline. Um, waking up early, like you said, that's hard work, man. A lot of people say they can do it, but they cannot. Um, waking up early, eating good, like I'm talking about, like you know, about my body needs instead of like pumping myself with sugary sweets and all that. Right. um eating good exercising me too i started going to sauna man steam room like you know i had this acl done on my knee uh, last year but while that was getting done um you know some, somebody recommended go to sauna go to steam room start exercising and believe it or not for me exercise is like the most helpful antidepressant right. you know what i mean right and yeah it- so things like that
0: yeah yeah man and literally when you exercise you release endorphins in your body which yeah. make you feel good and it's like we all know the things we know go to sleep early eat good exercise meditate but it's like it's so hard to actually implement them like that like i said earlier that's the hard shit doing drugs that's easy anyone can do drugs anybody can do it it's no not everybody can wake up early and be disciplined and when you were talking about prayer um I Also, likewise myself, I'm always constantly talking to God or to something, like some, something outside of me to kind of help me stay in this good vibe. And um, I, I remembered something that I like to share with people about sin, because before when I used to think about the word sin, I don't know, it had a negative connotation to me. It would be like, oh, sin. It kind of just seemed like a fairy tale type of thing. But I had a podcast with somebody who helped me understand the word sin, in a much better context and the way he said to look at sin is just sin is essentially anything that takes you further away from God so for example um does does, uh, d- does doing drugs bringing you closer to God or further from God is eating McDonald's taking you closer to God or further from God and just take that idea with, with, with anything that you do just say is this bringing me closer to what I want to be doing in my life or is just going to take me further away from that? And that kind of just that little way of thinking about things kind of makes it seem like, oh, should I go buy some beer today? No, maybe not today. And kind of like it just puts things into perspective to see them from a different angle. And that's what's helped me in my life kind of like stay on the path because I'm sure we all kind of fail too. Uh, funnily, interestingly, I was talking to a guy on, on a podcast before also that I'll be meditating in my car, but as soon as somebody cuts me off, I start screaming and cussing. Ah, oh, fuck you. Like, how dare you? But yeah. it's like, it's funny because we can all, you know, be on the path and be like happily and close to God. But as soon as something makes us uncomfortable, we get upset and it kind of derails us. And that's where the true work goes in. When shit hits the fan, how do you deal with things? And that's kind of the hardest thing that I'm still working on.
1: Oh, man, I like how you said that. And honestly, I got to kind of like piggyback off you. That's something that I'm working too, right? An example would be, like you said, you know, you can do good things. Let's say I'm in the Bible study or I'm at the church or whatever. I'm hanging out, you know, with my fellows, you know, they want nothing but good for me, just like I want good for them. But after that hour, the life happens, right? Okay. And there's 24 hours in a day so how am I actually going about towards next hours, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because I can be all happy in the Bible, like God bless you all, but then in a real life, you know, whether somebody cuts me off, whether somebody mixes my drink in terms of somebody got my order uh, wrong, (laughs) uh, you know, somebody flips me off, and right away I could too lose it in terms of my love and tolerance. Right away I go into, like, defense mode, and I feel like, man, I'm getting angry, agitated, restless. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's really important to kind of, like, carry yourself even throughout the whole uh, time you know this frame of 24 hours not just kind of you know do good in a uh, with the, with my pastor and kind of show what 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 kind of good person I am but then when the uh, real life happens in the world you know you're kind of doing the opposite and you're still angry you're still bitter you are still blame uh, blaming everybody you know so it's important yeah you're right to actually be Uh, like that, like a whole life. And it takes practice. It takes a lot of
0: practice. Right, right. Like I said, because I'll be driving and I'll be like really good, like loving people. Oh, the world's amazing. We have technology. We have cars. And then as soon as someone cuts me off, oh, fuck you, man. What? Like it all goes away. It's like how brittle and how easy it is to slip back into those negative patterns. And that's why sometimes when I was younger, man, I had this. I was at a crossroads. I was like, I'm either going to join the army or I'm going to join the Peace Corps. And it was like that weird dichotomy of you're either gonna go murder people or go help people. And it was like, what do I do? How do I choose my life path? And essentially, I didn't go to any because, first of all, for, to be a, to work with the Peace Corps, you have to have a a, gra- a college degree, which I didn't have. And to go into the military, I was not gonna go and follow orders. I'm not. I don't like orders. I don't like authority. And so, I went my own path and uh, I found my career path that I love. I'm a machinist, so I I essentially work with tools and a machine and. I have a blueprint with what needs to be done, and I do it on my own. you know I don't have to rely on others, I don't have to I just figure it out on my own and do the job and I, I love Perfect. it because I get to listen to podcasts, I get to read, I get to learn so much as I work and um, I don't know where I was heading, but um
1: yeah, I, just to back you up, like I, like my, my occupation right here in Canada is machine operator. Oh yeah, so, yeah I. Work for yeah bro i've been there for like uh, eight years now maple lodge farms it's a chicken uh, plant chicken factory too or whatever you know call it but yeah man i set up equipment i got work with tools they want to apparently pull me through a apprenticeship for mechanic but i don't know if i want to take that because a lot of stress my man but yeah machine operator is my occupation
0: that's awesome bro that's cool but uh, uh actually to say something after that it's weird how that just reminded me of a video i recorded i'm going to post soon it's uh, jesse ventura he was the Which governor for Missouri. He's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He he did this video. I'm going to play it for you. But he essentially talks about work and people who make billions of dollars. So I want to play for you this video, and then I want to hear what you think about it, okay? All right, my brother. All right, hold up All right, guys, check this out. This is Jesse Ventura, and this is a video he made about there be- uh, why there shouldn't be billionaires in America. So check this out, because this really spoke to my heart, and I'm sure it will speak to a lot of y'all's heart. Okay, here we go
2: one billionaire in America. There should not be one billionaire in America. None. And I'll tell you why. Because there is nobody that works hard enough to earn a billion dollars. And my argument is this, the two jobs I did in my life that were physically the most demanding and mentally the most difficult that I ever did, paid me the least amount of money. One was going through buds, and I challenge any billionaire to put up with six weeks of that shit at $62 every two weeks, you know? And the second was right before I went in the Navy. I had a job with the Minnesota Highway Department, couple bucks above minimum wage, I worked for the bridge crew, and you know what my job was? I worked a four-day work week, 10 hours a day, so I could have Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the weekend. You're 18, of course you're going to do that. But I worked 40 hours and four days on the bridge crew, and guess what I did? Ran the 80-pound jackhammer. I challenge any billionaire to, to run the jackhammer for 40 hours one week. And tell me he works harder than that? No, he doesn't. That's why I believe there should not be a billionaire in the world.
0: What do you think about that, brother?
2: Yeah,
1: definitely Jesse Ventura, man. Again, somebody that I bumped into into my early um, research. You know, definitely he's something I um, kind of connected and dived into when he was talking about the nine eleven, and then definitely presented about. Um, information, you know, how corrupt the government is in terms of the leadership and who's really running things, you know, uh, but about the video, absolutely right though, there shouldn't be one billionaire in the world because like at the end of the day, man, I feel like these people, they dividing us, man, you know, in terms of this um, um, uh, monetary system, number one, it's not fair, but um, looking back though, you know, it's hardworking people that actually build this whole society, man, mm-hmm. you know. We build this world for them.
0: Right.
1: You know, we like basic, then they know it, you know, they project this into our kind of subconscious, you know, and people like Jesse McTree, He says, man, I juggle two jobs, not just one but two, you know, and it's true though, because if you ask the person at the top, you know, can you maintain or do this job at least, then they wouldn't have like, not even quite, the slightest even understanding, but number one, no physical strength, no mind strength. And number two, you know, I feel like it is unfair that people, you know, like Jesse Matura, when he said, yeah, I have to work two jobs, that was really physically demanding, mentally demanding, you know, kind of creating, you know, this whole system of slavery for them.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And again, like to back up what you were saying, right, we built the world, the world and a billionaire, nobody gets to a billion dollars without stepping over people, without exactly. exploiting people, without taking advantage of others. And then yes. just look at the people who think they're the boss, Klaus Schwab, uh, Biden, all these old fucks that can't even fucking work out. They couldn't walk a mile in the sun. They, they can't, they're <laughs> so fucked. And like I always think about this quote by Terrence McKenna, he says, we're led by the least among us the least visionary the least noble the, the these people like you would imagine like in the back in in the past in tribes the strong the leader of the tribe was the strongest the smartest the one who had the most compassion the one who was willing to put their life down for the others but now we're fucking led by the weakest dumbest oldest m- most hateful most out of touch people and it's like how did we get to this point where that's who rules the world if i had the power at the end i want to ask you a question but if i had the power like to choose who would become our president or leader it would have to be like a decathlon type of thing like in the movie billy madison i don't know if you've seen it but it's a comedy yeah, movie yeah I
1: did, I did
0: it's funny right but so uh, he has to do this test to compete with this guy to, for a challenge and they had like a, a a running challenge a studying challenge but my idea would be to ch- pick a leader would be you would have to go through a uh, buds training like some type of uh, drill training uh, to compete against the people who you want to f- uh, go against, who can last the longest, who can meditate the longest, who can be in the sound of the longest, who is the most compassionate, who can run the most. Like these would be the qualities that people would would, would uh, distinguish to pick their leader instead of just having a popularity contest, which is what democracy is now. It's just who is the most popular person, who can gain the most money, the most followers. And that none of that shit actually has anything to do with how to, be a leader in this reality, like the the leader should have the characteristics that we all look up to and aspire and kind of like admire, and these people have none of that, all they have is the money, and and that reminds me of a quote from Bob Marley, he said, some people are so poor, all they have is money, and it's like true, so many people don't have the things in life that actually are fulfilling, that actually fill you up, and it has nothing to do with money. Like, for another, for another example right now, I could be having the worst day of my life. I could almost be, like, ready to quit. But I hear my daughter laugh, and that changes everything. That brings me back home, like, oh, this is what matters. My family, my home, that we're safe. Not that somebody cut me off or that fucking McDonald's doesn't have a frappe or something. It's, like, what truly matters is, is, is priceless. And another thing that reminds me of is the best things in life you actually experience with your eyes closed, When you kiss somebody you love, you close your eyes. When you hug somebody you really, truly love, you close your eyes. When you're so happy and so excited and so full of joy, you, like, close your eyes and open your arms. And it's like, this is the space that we're all trying to get to, this this state of mind, this peace of mind where heaven and hell are kind of essentially states of mind. You can right now be in the worst place with your own mind. You can put yourself oh, I hate my life, my boss sucks, um, I don't have enough money, uh, my neighbor has everything better than I do. Or you could think, wow, I'm alive, I, I, I have a house, I, I, I can breathe, I can walk, I can talk. So many people wish they had the things that I have. And it's like, how do you shift to that mindset and maintain it? So I want to ask you, Brother Val, um, if you were the president or if you had some way for the whole world to listen to you and you had like, Three four minutes to spread a message and uh, which brings me back to what you're talking about spreading this message that you do through Instagram um, Actually y'all go follow him. I'm gonna post your stuff on the on the show notes brother. It's conscious humanity on Instagram But if you had the power to spread your message to the whole world, what would your message be Val?
1: Yeah, first of all, I really like how you said about these, you know, people um who are running the things right Let's say, you know, example you get Carl Schwab or, you know, Bill Gates, you name it, you know, those wasn't real like men you mm-hmm. know who actually have power you know those are like to me goblins man right and they operate in a psychopathic mentality mm-hmm. right these are psychopaths to the core man and they they know exactly though what they're doing but if people only realize you know that these people are weak men they're so degenerate and so just just profoundly disgusting you know that you know that it's sad that it has to be that way, and it kind of ties up to this question. You know, if, if I had a, you know, chance, you know, to hold a position in power, what kind of message would I spread to the world? You know, well, first of all, you know, man, again, I would honestly I uh, try to bring nothing but peace, prosperity, and abundance. You know, and a lot of people would say, well, how do you know that vow? Because a lot of people that go in power and eventually they get a hold of that power and eventually there's a corruption that might be going on. Right. Your ego comes up, your pride. You know, you feel like, wow, I'm in power now. How do I know that I'm actually going to stay true to my message? How do I know I'm actually going to be, you know, basically serving the people? You know, and that's really important to me to ask that I stay true on my path and with direction of God. It is so important to always remember that God is first. I'm not first. God is first, but like God will put me in a position. I was like, use me as a vessel for me to actually spread the message. You know, and that message would be honestly, I would want to end division. You know and I mean? Like that black and white, you vaxxed on vax. you Russian, Ukrainian, like, oh my God, that's got to stop. You know what I mean? And try to bring unity in, in our communities. Um, again, um, definitely something to upgrade our, um, like new way of life for our children. Cause I feel man, the kids these days, man, as much as I look back on my childhood, right? I'm 34 now, you know, like, I feel like my childhood was great. And I'm not saying they're being robbed with their childhood now with all this technology and iPhones, but I feel like, you know, there's definitely a, a bigger deception going on where they're steering humanity. So for me, definitely one thing I would spread the message is to use our technology and connect more with nature, kind of uh, build things organically, um, you know, and take it back kind of to, the, to, to the, oh, the way of life, kind of, you know, where where we all connected, you know, to understanding that we are human race, have a spiritual experience, you know, and definitely lead by example. And by example, I mean, me, I have to work on myself. So make sure, you know, I do try my best to wake up with love, wake up, you know, with that gratitude mindset, you know, give more, take less. I mean, just be compassionate, be a friend, you know, be a listener, you know, and understand that everybody got issues, right? Mm -hmm. So so many people are struggling, man, especially right now, man. There's so many people struggling. But at the same time, if I was in power, you know, I would try to, you know, help as many people as I can, you know.
0: I love it, brother. And see, that's the thing that, is lacking from all our leaders they don't never talk they they say these things but they don't really mean them they're just they're selling themselves kind of like prostitutes they say one thing but once once you get to the bed they don't really do what they say and it's like how, why why is this the case and you, like, again another great point that you said is power corrupts i'm sure there's a lot of politicians that do go into it thinking i'm going to make a change i'm going to help the people but what, like you said once you get that taste of power it reminds me of actually the King King of, the Lord of the Rings. I, I've always been hesitant to watch those movies, but I actually watched the first one last week. And uh, I don't have you seen the Lord of the Rings?
1: Absolutely, I was about to back you up on it. I was like, oh man, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I've seen the trilogy.
0: Yeah so in, in for those maybe who don't know there's a ring in the movie that gives whoever holds this ring the power to become invisible. And it's weird exactly. how that's the most powerful thing that everyone sees to become invisible. That's the greatest power. But anyways, so there's this ring and whoever holds this ring can kind of control the realm. And so somehow this ring falls into the into the hands of like this normal little like uh, what would you call them brother? Hobbit, are, hobbits. Hobbits. Yeah, they're little hobbits who are just peaceful. They just want to live in nature and grow their own food. And so yeah. the world was at peace because there was no no one who had that narcissist mentality of controlling everything. Mm-hmm. And so then comes this moment where the person who created the ring somehow comes back alive and is searching for it to bring back this dark age of control. And so the what they're trying to do is protect the ring. So they're trying to take it away somewhere so that this negative person doesn't get it. And then so comes in this wizard. He's like a Merlin, like a very powerful, positive sage. And he's telling the guy, I don't know what his name is. I forgot, maybe Gandalf. He's telling him, here, take the ring. Gandalf, yeah, Gandalf. Yeah, he says, Gandalf, take the ring and go away. And Gandalf's like, no, I can't. I'm weak. I can't protect it. I can't do anything. You take it. And then Merlin, so wise in his mind, he says, no, I cannot take it. Because I know that once I have that power, at first I will resist it. But eventually it will overtake me. And it will turn me into that negativity. And it's like, that's the most wisest thing anybody can do to know, to understand that power corrupts and to actually negate that power and be like, actually, I don't want that. But then to me, the people who are able to do that, those are actually the ones that should be given the opportunity, their chance to lead. But then again, there's always this thing of how do you keep yourself in balance and not just Mm -hmm. fill up your ego and be like, oh, I'm the most powerful. Yeah, just do what I I do. And it's like it's that balance of being able to walk the the middle road. How do you think one can do that, brother, without slipping?
1: Oh, man, that's the thing. Um, Without slipping, you know, there could be always, again, you know, struggles and challenges to overcome. But if you do move with pure intentions. And you do have, you know, uh, that God consciousness in you, you know, I guess you're right, though. It's it's going to be, you know, made, I guess, to the point, you know, what kind of person is going to be actually holding, like, let's say that ring. Right. Mm -hmm. I remember, like you mentioned, right, Gandalf says, no, man, I can't take the ring, man, you know, because I know what's going to do to me. Right. And then he says, you take it to the Hobbit. Right. Mm hmm. No, the, no the, the,
0: Hobbit the Hobbit does it. The Hobbit does it to the wizard, and the wizard.
1: Yeah, the Hobbit. Yeah, the Hobbit does it to the wizard. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the wizard basically, the Gandalf, you know, saying, "No, I cannot. I cannot take the ring." Right. You know, but see, but the Gandalf knew that the Hobbit, you know, has that has that. I guess you can say clearly that God consciousness in him. He is humble. he's uh, basically, you know, operates with light. You know, right. so he says, "You should take the ring." You know, because at the end of the day, you know as much as there is so much corruption going on, not everybody's corrupt on our level, you know, where, where, where if you do give somebody power right away, they feel like, man, I, I need to control everything, and that, that narcissistic mentality kicks in, so I feel like it's really important to, you know, give give that ring to the right person, man, you know, somebody that's equipped uh, with love, care, yeah, especially care, man, somebody that wants to change things, you know, yeah. and, and make sure that I guess you help them along the way, but at the same time, you know it's really important, yeah, to find the right person.
0: Yeah, man, and it's hard because, like I said, people are so failable. And and anytime people like tell somebody tells me to check out this guru or that guru or this person or that, it's like, yeah, people can hurt, can have good words to say, but at the end of the day, we all fart, we all shit, we stink, we're failable, we're human. And my thing is always, like you said earlier. The, the glory is always to God. I, there's this a sports player, I think it was a basketball player. They interviewed him after the game and they asked him, oh man, that was a great game. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel? How do you do all this? And then the first thing he said is, first of all, the glory goes to God. And like, I love that he had admi- my, he put the light not on himself, like his ego didn't matter. It was God gave me this power to be able to do this, to share my message. And it's like, it's even that simple, just a basketball player. Just someone who plays basketball, if they get to a point where they can have a platform to spread this message of godliness, it's like, man, that's what we should all be doing. But it seems like the world is so fucking dark and it pushes and it motivates narcissism. And the biggest people... It's so sad when I see the people who have the most money in the world are usually just doing like the worst shit, like acting in movies, killing people in movies, uh, shaking their ass, making porn. Like Really, this is what we're promoting a society like this uh, me 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 uh, materialism uh feeling good right now and it's like there's none of the good shit that we had like in the 60s like the speakers like john lennon martin luther king yeah. malcolm x all these people who were speaking for human rights and like how do you how do you raise your consciousness how do we become a more elevated humanity and to close off i want to share this story with you um have you heard this idea or there's this concept that you know fleas can jump, I think, like three feet high?
1: Yeah, I've heard about that, okay. fleas, yeah.
0: So for the listeners, uh, there's a story about uh, flies, or what did I call them? Uh, fleas. 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 They, yeah, fleas can jump high up. They're like fucking the size of a net, but they can jump three feet high up in the air. But if you put a flea in a jar, like a, a little cup, the flea will jump and hit the top of that cup. And he will remember that, and he will only jump high enough, just high enough to where he does not hit the top of that cup. So in a sense, that flea will know, oh, okay, I can, only j- I can jump three feet high, but, but in the environment I'm in, I can only jump three inches high. And so the flea gets programmed with this, and then you can take that flea and take it outside the cup. And it will still be brainwashed and programmed to think I can only jump three inches, totally forgetting that he has the possibility to jump three feet. And it's like, I think humanity is kind of like that. We have the power to do all these amazing and great things like jumping three feet for a fly, And we we have forgotten this. And there's people that come along like Buddha or Jesus or these speakers that come around once in a while. And they tell us, man, you can jump 100 feet up in the air. And we don't want to believe when we can because we're so indoctrinated into our worldview and to yes. this reality that now we can only do these certain amount of things. We're not that powerful. But then Jesus comes along and he reminds us, no, man, you have more power than you can ever imagine. And this is what I always think about. I think we humans have superpowers. And we see it in musicians and in, in athletes and in people who do great, amazing things. We're like, how the fuck do they do that? And it's like we all have that ability, but it's just we have to figure out what it is for us. For some people, it could be teaching. For others, it could be uh, mountain biking. For others, it can be making clothes. And it's like, we all have something that if we put our passion into, we could become so good that we gain a platform. Like, there's this even a lady who who she um, takes honeybees out of people's homes, and she loves her job so much, and she's so popular. She made it to the Joe Rogan experience. She's making a lot of money now. She has a Patreon, she has supporters, and all just because she did what she loved which was like playing with bees, uh, growing bees, farming them. And it's like, wow, something so simple. And, And she made it this to be so successful. And it goes again to that thing of, if you follow your passion without worrying about the money, in the end, it will find its way to you because you're doing what you're put here on earth to do. And it's like, we all just conform and choose to have these jobs and drive to these places that a lot of people don't want to be in. Just to come home and watch TV and do it all over again, and it's like, man, no, there's more to life, and what is it? How do you think people can find their purpose, Val?
1: Oh man, it's such a good question, and I like how you you know use that flea example again. You know, flea can drop pretty high, but put them in a jar, you know, eventually. I'm not saying this is kind of like the way of programming too, right? The program was to the point that you know, kind of taken away. Uh, our power to know how really powerful we are, right? And Christ says that too, you know, the Father far, is the within you, you know? And that's true though, right? This whole thing is kind of from inside out. And a lot of people good at, let's say, sports, whether they're good at speaking, whether they're good at, I don't know, like say swimming, mm-hmm. you know? But we all have that inner potential to tap into, you know, and you right though, and make it into a platform. You know, it doesn't matter if it's like those bees, like that lady was in Joe Rogan show. I think, I, I think I've think i seen that podcast with Joe Rogan. Yeah. But um, um, how can we do that, right, to uplift people? I guess, again, lead by example, you know, lead by example with nothing but um, good ambitions and positivity. And if people kind of see what you have, you become an attraction, you mm. know, so they kind of want to gravitate to you, right? right? And I feel like you know, maybe I, I cannot be a good athlete, right? And I cannot jump like crazy or dunk or like, you know, run or run quick, like a soccer player. You know, not play a lot of soccer back home in Ukraine. But one thing you know, I'm developing is skills like, you know, I'm becoming um, a good listener. And believe it or not, people say like, well, that, that's not really a skill, but it is a skill. It's something that I developed throughout my years, but I felt like man, my head was so distorted, I couldn't, you know, like, you know, keep one thing in my ear, Mm -hmm. let alone actually dwell on it, you know, so just let people know that, listen, that there's more to you than, you know, what they're telling you, you know, you just got to find that potential. And again, how does that start with a lot of hard work and uh, changing? You mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, the mind, you know, if you can truly start working on the mind, man, and start practicing things like, you know, good things, um, I do feel you'll start tapping into those skills that you thought never had and who knows maybe some people great Will be great athletes. Some people will be great. Maybe uh, Readers and lecturers like like in this message but eventually, you know I feel like if I change myself and people see that good in me, they will want to see that soon So it's kind of like a law of attraction, mm-hmm. you know
0: Yeah, I love that brother. I think another key thing is to know and it all also comes back to parenting it, I think children in their in their youth they demonstrate what they're really into, and I think it's very important to expose kids to as many interesting and awesome things that we can do. Because maybe one day somebody, a kid who didn't know anything about, I don't know, um, uh, electric energy or or. or solar energy, and he sees a video where somebody's doing that, and he's like, holy shit, that's badass. And he gets so into it that he creates this new technology of how to better harness the sun. And it's just how do you expose or how do you figure out what a kid's uh, predisposition to be really good at? And that's why I think one of the... If, if there was to be a billionaire on the world, which I don't think should exist, like Jesse Ventura said, it should be teachers. It should be the people who know how to teach and help people grow and become... How do how do then themselves become the best possible versions of who they are, and we're lacking so much of that in the world. The people who are teachers now kind of just fell into that job. I'm sure there's a lot of them who love their job, but I think if we held teachers at the regard of doctors or politicians, man, the world could be so much better. But it seems like that's those are the people who get paid the less the teachers, and that, yeah. it's sick that that's the world that we've come into. And if I have anything to share with the people, it's like be just try to teach yourself and learn about who you are and figure out what your tendencies are. And it kind of just comes back to looking at your childhood and what you what really attracted you to, to things. And in my youth, I loved reading. I loved learning. I love just filling my mind with things I never knew existed or, or even could exist and then sharing those with others. And weirdly, this is what I'm doing now. I figured out probably podcasting is my thing. Or like you said, listening is such an important skill that people don't have. They'll cut you off halfway through the sentence or they'll be thinking about what they want to say and they're not in the moment. And I I don't know, it's just this whole thing of just trying to teach people how to censor themselves, how to listen, how to listen to yourself and be really honest with what you truly want and, and actually go for it. And I'm just so glad that there's people like you, Val, out there um, who's from Ukraine. As we close, I actually want to ask you about that. Um, What is, since you're from that culture, when did you leave Ukraine, first of all?
1: Well, I came here in 1998, right? August 8th, I arrived here. So that's why back now. If you kind of like count up the years, it's 20 years and all. Oh,
0: okay. But So what is... Yeah. What is your what is your uh, take on this whole thing of the Ukraine war? Again,
1: you know, it's a shed show. And by that, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned the word actors. These are actors, man. They, they again, this war really ties in to like a lot of different. This is a stage that's a stage war. You know, it's not something that's actually happened naturally. This was pre-planned, you know. And what's happening again is that it's all kind of connecting. You know they wanna. I don't know if they wanna bring about. Hopefully not, because my thing is optimistic. But World War Three. You know they wanna start this with Russia, Ukraine. That, that will escalate to China and next to you know maybe you. Well, actually, U.S. will be there. But the whole thing is that um, it's a big facade, man. It's a big game. You know those people that you think like Zelensky, like Putin. They're just pushing the agenda. At the end of the day, it's really unfortunate that casualties do happen because I got family back home, you know. And a lot of them got affected by our war. You know, whether they have to move out from places, some of them in France now, some of them in Poland. But what they're telling me though, on the phone, they're saying, man, like they nothing this is nothing what they're telling us, oh show what to show when you guys are on TV. And I mean, what do you mean by that? like, well, there's not much, you know, like bombing here. There's not much like shooting here. If anything, you know, like, yeah, there's definitely changes. But what they're showing you on TV is complete opposite. And if anything, if you truly study the Ukrainian country, it's the most corrupt um, country in uh, in the world. You know, not only the pedophilia, and while there, sex trafficking, child trafficking, money laundering. Right. But yeah. th- there's a the criminals that actually operate, like Zelensky, who are willingly pushing cult agenda. And that's where they picked these clowns. You know, the, this guy was a comedian, literally, man, playing the piano with his penis. The next <laughs> thing you know, this guy became a president after our show, like you mentioned. I
0: know. So
1: again, you know, these guys are just facades. They're actors and this whole war it's just, for, uh, it's, a, it's a part of this bigger agenda where they're trying to achieve the new world order.
0: Yes, right. That's the best take that anyone can have. Yeah, it's just a big distraction. Like you said, it's it sad. There's, pe- there's people dying and it's sad that they're just casualties of this bullshit propaganda that they're pushing. Yeah. And I love what you said because um, I saw a video showing how with the new AI, they can make a regular building look like it was bombed. And so in this video, I saw this video where it just showed like different uh, places or sceneries and it showed a before and after of how they can put software in it to make it seem like there was a war zone and nothing really happened. And it's like now with AI and everything that's going on, man, it's crazy what they're going to be able to pull off and and show people and people are just going to blindly agree or believe whatever they see. And it's it's getting so wild that with everything that's happening ai and the fact that people can't even agree on what a woman is how fuck, how fuck the society like what are we doing man we have all this power to do create heaven on earth literally but we're led by yeah. the least among us and uh, like i said again earlier i'm glad that there's people like you that were using the internet to what it was it was not intended for this. Like Terrence McKenna said, the internet was intended to monitor us and to sell, exactly. crap to, us. Yeah, and to sell us crap that we don't need. And, and, exactly. And what we need to do, what this technology can do, is to find the others. Find Yuval, find Harshita, which I spoke to from India. Find people all over the world that have this same message, this idea of it's the people, man. Fuck the people. Power corrupts uh figure out how to get in tune with yourself in tune with god and with nature and just like i don't know man i don't know why there's people out there seeking power like listen to me i know how to solve the world nah man it's just like people just want to live their own lives and whenever somebody tells is telling others that this is how we should do things even me when i'm telling people to do things a certain way like don't listen to me go in your own life and see what best works for you
1: exactly Exactly. And that's what I say, too, like, don't just blindly, you know, believe or see like what I pose as truth, you know, do your own research, open up your own mind, be a critical thinker, educate yourself. But then that's the thing. A lot of people don't want to do that. You show them like a piece of resource of information, a document, they say, oh, that's just a, a document. But then right away, right, they disagree because they know that if you show more and they actually start like going into that rabbit hole, that uh, basically... Destroys their reality and everything
0: they knew that was true. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's just a struggle, but I feel like people like you were on the right path, and and I don't know how we're going to fix this, but I think in the end, the truth always wins, no matter what.
1: Absolutely, truth will prevail. We will win. And, it's uh, been written
0: yeah yeah for sure and uh I, that's why i love connecting with people like you i always say when I, I finish these talks i feel like i went to church i feel reinvigorated. me too man i
1: actually feel so good right now right? Don't lie. like i feel uplifted i feel kind of connected and basically i feel spiritually fit
0: right and imagine we you know, I, feel,
1: these... I feel like i'm doing the right thing right now you know
0: <laughs> yeah for sure and imagine we had these town squares where all of us like the whole community united and share these. I ideas.
1: know they are terrified of that,
0: uh, exactly. And that's why they're doing this restrict bill calling it the oh TikTok. my
1: god, talk about that thing hey, restrictions, um, the censorship. Oh my god,
0: right? And see, this is how you know that if, if they were really truly powerful, they would have us under the fourth industrial revolution but they can't because they know there's people out there who who are not going to let it happen and
1: i, I know i, I, I just know. hope that they, that's what they're trying to create eh? this fourth, fourth industrial revolution and that's going to be the greater ai basically you know everything will be monitored surveillance technology you know it man you know mm-hmm. where it goes
0: yeah yeah but like i said i'm glad there's people like you who are i, I know i'm willing to die for freedom and I know there's um, a lot Lily of people Zuma,
1: That's a sacrifice we have to make.
0: Yep, yep. And it seems like we're getting closer and closer to that. I just hope... Oh, yes, we are. ...that it doesn't get to that and that people figure out that the people in control are just little... Uh, what did you call them? Goblins who... Fuck goblins. <laughs> that's what
1: they are. they goblins. They're like little, little, little... Uh, what's it called? Trolls that yeah. basically think that they have power
0: but they don't have no power yeah for sure i saw this one video where they threw a pie at bill gates he was walking out of a car
1: yeah yeah i've seen that too
0: actually he fucking shakes like a little bitch like i've never seen someone so weak yeah man like dude this is who's running our world like literally man it pisses me off so much how, how these people could so easily just be taken out and i'm not out advocating for murder or anything it's just like how are y'all listening to these people who shake like that when they get a pie or when they get insulted, they get all defensive. Like, dude, you're so out of touch.
1: You're I, so know, I know, I know, I know.
0: But uh, thank you again, Val. Um, I really for sure, the my
1: brother. Thank you too, man. Thank you for having me on, on your podcast, Brickson, a while. I know you actually came about early to me, but it's a blessing now just to be, again, connected with you, man. You know, just to hear your voice. And definitely, I don't know, you help me, man, with this. You do, man. That's progression that I made in my life
0: right now. You too, brother. You help me and we all help each other. And um we're gonna do it again for sure. I wanna hear more about you. I I For sure, man. Yes, we gotta talk
1: about more. There's so much to talk about.
0: Hell yeah. I can tell. Like when I I can tell. Like it's so weird. Synchronistically, the people I pull is like, yeah, they totally know and they they're on my vibe and they wanna work on themselves. And we just gotta find all of us together and connect. But um we're gonna do this for sure again. I'll get with you after the show to do that. But um Any last piece of information you want to share with the people before we go?
1: Yeah, man, just peace and love to everybody, man. Higher vibration, connect, find your higher power, connect with God, love each other, spread the message.
0: Amen, amen. So, okay, that's the episode, guys. I hope you all enjoy that. Um, Look down below in the show notes. I'm going to put the links for Homeboy. Send me anything you want me to share, Val. um, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, uh, Subscribe to the show if you're on uh, Spotify, where the show is. You can put an alarm bell to where anytime a new episode comes out, you, it'll send you an alarm. And because um, right. this is what we need to do stop fucking uh, supporting Netflix, stop supporting the systems which are taking your energy away. Subscribe to systems which actually fill you up, and like me and Val are doing, we feel reinvigorated right now. I feel very powerful. And me too, man. I
1: felt really powerful and it.
0: Yeah, and this is what we should do. So share the show, guys. Awesome. Uh, write a review. Uh, follow, follow us on Instagram and all that good shit. And um, remember, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace. like that. All right, guys. That was my talk with Val from the Ukraine, now Canada, A. Um, I hope you all like that. Um, it's weird. Um, right as I want to record these podcasts, seems like my neighbor gets a message from the universe of this is the best time to cut the grass <laughs> but i love ned he's awesome um so as i close out this episode again i want to end with another song from akira the Dawn the Dawn. this one is called discipline gets things done and um that's what we're all about here discipline discipline yourselves to be a better person and to share the show and to live your views and all that good shit Cause like I said, if we ain't growing, we dying. So uh, that was a great talk with Val. A lot of cool insights and things that I hadn't seen from a certain perspective, because he's from Ukraine. I think would be do us all a little a little good to talk with people from other places, to get their perspective of what's truly going on, or just to get yeah just to get someone else's perspective, cause we all see things through a certain lens, and especially Americans, uh, we're so brainwashed and primed to see things a certain way when many, many times so we've been proven that that's not the case. So I don't want to ramble too much on this outro. This is Akira, the dawn. Discipline Gets Things Done. Peace.
3: One thing that discipline definitely does help you with. It helps you get things done. And when you get things done, when you actually do things, you have more success. A big part of success is just not being fucking lazy and just doing it. 90% of it is just showing up. Get there and start working. Like You're not going to feel perfect every day. If I only worked out when I felt good, I'd be a fat fuck. Because there's a lot of days I don't want to do it. I mean this is pretty much the same with everybody that actually gets good at something. There's gotta be those days you push through. They're probably gonna be more numerous than the days you don't. And so the benefit of discipline in my eyes has always been that through discipline I get things done. I'm like the most lazy, disciplined person I know. Because I don't wanna do it. Cloud. Through discipline, I get things done. This pro goes to work. Through discipline, I get things done. This is what I do. I also think that discipline is a pathway to creativity. When you're on the battlefield, is an absolute exercise in creativity. How are we going to attack them? How are we going to disorganize them? How are we going to get in their heads? That's all just massive creativity. And when I look at people that are artists, I would imagine the more disciplined you are, you got to write stuff down. you got to read. you got to increase your vocabulary so that you're quicker and sharper, so that when people are saying things, you have more words to battle back at them. All those things, all that freedom that you get on stage comes from the discipline you study, you learn, you read. You write, you talk, you go through things. Is that an accurate statement? Absolutely accurate. Through discipline, I get things done. With a pro, it goes to work. Through discipline, I get things done. This is what I do. Through discipline, I get things done. With a pro, it goes to work. Through discipline, I get things done. This is what I do. It doesn't matter if you're sick, doesn't matter if you have kids, you're a pro, and you go to work, and you have pride in that. And then when you are in front of that keyboard, you look down at the count, it says, I fucked a thousand words today. How did that work? Gems blossom. But well, you might have a day where you just write nothing but dog shit. So what? Show up again tomorrow, and tomorrow that dog shit, a flower will emerge. Through discipline, I get things done. The pro goes to work. Through discipline, I get things done. This is what I do. Through discipline, I get things done. The pro goes to work. Through discipline, I get things done. This is what I do.